0: This is the InFocus podcast from The Hindu.
1: Hello and welcome to the InFocus podcast. I'm G Sampath, your host for today's episode. On September 9th, American automobile major Ford announced that it was shutting down manufacturing operations in India. This will result in a loss of around 4,000 uh, jobs. Ford apparently had run up losses of over $2 billion over 10 years and took this drastic step to stay profitable. Ford, however, is only the latest in a series of automobile companies who brought in FDA to India with great expectations but decided to leave in a few years. This runs counter to our government's Make in India initiative which aims to turn India into a preferred global destination for manufacturing. So what exactly is ailing India's automobile sector? Is there a mismatch between production capacity and consumer demand? Are there regulatory issues? Or are there other constraints that compel foreign auto majors to pull the plug on India, which incidentally is still one of the largest car markets in the world? To give us some insights on this issue, we have with us Puneet Gupta from IHS Market, a leading business and market intelligence consultancy. As the Director of Automotive Sales Forecasting at IHS Market, Puneet leads the South Asia and Asian sales forecasting team and is responsible for future product intelligence, market insights and trends assessment. Puneet, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Yeah, thank you very much, Sampath uh, for the uh, introduction. And it's really great, uh, you know, to be on this podcast and a very good afternoon to all the listeners uh, of this podcast.
1: Puneet, to start with, uh, can you talk a little bit about the reasons for Ford's decision to stop all manufacturing operations in India? Are these reasons specific to Ford or are they symptomatic of larger problems constraining the Indian market?
0: Uh, yeah, I think firstly, it's very unfortunate, uh, you know, that Ford uh, has ended its, its 26 years ride in uh, India uh, and said, uh, you know, goodbye to India in terms of production. Um, uh, so primarily, uh, I think that uh, it, it's a cocktail of both. So it's basically reasons which are internal to Ford. And obviously, there are challenges uh, related uh, to the Indian market. Uh, so, so let me touch uh, on both, both of them. Firstly, if I talk about India market. I think uh, we all know it's a, it's a pretty highly competitive market. And actually, it's, it's a ruthless market, uh, primarily uh, with almost, you know, 70% of the car market um, being handled by Suzuki and Hyundai. So it's clearly an oligopolistic market, you know, where there is a cutthroat competition. And almost, you know, I think um, the 2080 theory remains whole true here, uh, because you can say that almost 20% of the market lies with almost 80% of the players. Uh, uh, you know, which makes it, uh, you know, further challenges, uh, challenging for players like Ford or players like Volkswagen or Nissan to really be profitable. Uh, in the market and what further adds to this complexity is uh, you know that average price of the car in Indian industry today is around 6.5 lakh uh, so so please mind here 6.5 lakhs includes uh, almost 40% 40-50% to taxation you know it includes margins, it includes raw material cost, designing cost everything so I think you yourself can calculate that the global companies or any automotive company in India really works on Thin margins, uh, uh, and and I think um, though the the average price car in India has gone up in last uh, you know five years. I think five years back it was even more complex because the average car price was around 4.5 lakhs. Uh, but now you know uh, obviously with uh, uh, with our per capita income growing, uh, with disposable income growing, uh, with more models, um, this average price has gone up by six, uh, gone up to 6.5 lakhs. But it is still very very uh, less. Um, And uh, moreover, you know, I think there is one more theory uh, here, you know, that what works in India, uh, you know, may not work across the globe. And what works across the globe? may not work in India. So I think uh, th- this further reflects that uh, in if you have to be in India you really have to be pretty India centric uh, and thus making you know situation more complicated so now if I touch on few reasons related to internally to Ford I think um, I-, I personally see Ford as uh, you know one of the fantastic OEMs uh, and we were we as a country or I as a consumer uh, you know was definitely lucky to ride uh, products from Ford uh, and Uh, And I think Ford as an organization also had really a lot of hopes and they have invested, um, as you said, you know, $2 billion um dollars In uh, India, they had two plants with a capacity of 4.4 lakhs uh, unit and one of the plants, specifically the newly built Sanan plant, had really the state of art technology, you know. Uh, But unfortunately, you know, if you further dig into it, I think uh, the utilization rates were almost 60% in these plants, uh, you know, which further adds uh, to the complexity because if your utilization rates are poor, uh, you know, then obviously the per cost, um, Uh, fixed overheads you know goes up on the car and and apart from that if we see ford uh, you know i think uh, uh, though ford has given few india-centric models you know like ford ecosport ford figo Ford, uh, aspire uh, you know but i think for for a long time you know we have been seeing a model fatigue uh, in their product portfolio you know we have not been seeing uh, uh, new models and in a competitive market like india where players like suzuki or players like hyundai uh, you know or players like tata motors are continuously adding a new product uh, you know a new platform um, uh, to their uh, to their portfolio and Ford uh, being one of those OEMs which have not been aggressive in last uh, you know I'll say three years um, and not adding new products so obviously this further adds uh, uh, you know uh, to to a kind of um, uh, a, a kind of stability, you know, and customers really don't come back to you as a brand. And obviously, you know, in India, uh, the product development costs uh, are high. And and I think if I narrow it down, I think uh, one of the biggest problem what I think Ford has exited is because uh, because it's India doesn't really fit into their global strategy. Uh, you know, Ford globally is obviously looking for a sustainable way forwards toward profitability, which comes uh, through. Many making cars which are more cleaner, more efficient and more greener, Uh, you know, and somewhere in India, you know, I think we we are really uh, still a few years away from that kind of uh, revolution. And I think that's the reason why Ford global, uh, you know, team has decided um, uh, to uh, to, not to make India uh, as a part of their growth story, uh, you know, in the next uh, years.
1: Uh, Puneet, you you shared an interesting fact. You said Ford's uh, two plants, they were operating at 60% capacity. Is it possible that they overestimated the size of the Indian market? Uh,
0: No, I I really don't think so, you know, because I think if we see today, uh, you know, I think if I talk about Indian complete auto industry, you know, we are the largest two-wheeler market in the world. We are the second biggest bus manufacturer in the world. We are the third biggest truck market in the world. And we are the fifth biggest car market in the world. So I think it's no way, you know, that Ford has overestimated the size of Indian market. And maybe, you know, I throw some more numbers for our listeners. So I think India market in 2001 was roughly around 750,000 units. And if we see 2018, which was almost the peak, of car sales uh, the india market uh, domestic car sales was roughly around 4 million units uh, which includes light vehicles which is like uh, you know cars plus lcvs so it really means that india market has quintuple uh in two decades uh, you know so that's phenomenal it's a cagr of around nine percent um which is great, uh, you know, and if I further uh, do uh, a split, uh, you know, from 2000 to 2010, uh, the first 10 years, uh, you know, uh, the India car market has grown by roughly 18% CAGR, won it, 18% CAGR, and Ford has also grown in double digit by 13% CAGR. Uh, but now you know the problem the challenge lies in the last 10 years which was from 2011 to 2020 uh, or if I, if i leave the covid year maybe 2019 uh, there the india market has just grown by a cagr of 1.5% you know uh, and i think ford there has actually uh, uh, grown more than the indian auto industry which was 2.5% cagr so so i think what i really want to say is you know i think India has its own challenges maybe you know we can discuss it in the further questions but I think it's very clear that last 10 years last decade has not been great for Indian automotive industry and that's one of the reasons you know why we have been seeing a lot of players exiting India you know because is here in India to see a growth a CAGR growth of one or two percent
1: Right. Well, as you just mentioned, uh, Ford is not the first uh, to exit India. Earlier, we have had uh, Harley-Davidson leaving, then Germany's MAN uh, truck and bus, then General Motors also exited before them. So, is is, is there any chance that the problems in India's auto sector are also linked to larger global trends?
0: I think, yes, I think you are absolutely right here, you know, because I think um, there, there has been a seismic shift uh, and auto industry globally is going through transformation. Uh, obviously i think now it is more about a connected shared and electric mobility you know so i think that is where the future lies um, and primarily if you see uh, you know all these players you know you took name of general motors or you take name took name of harley davidson or ford uh, you know that way so all of them now are serious or um you know, they just want to invest their resources in the core market, you know, so that they really don't miss uh, on the uh, mobility revolution, you know, because it's very important. If Ford is there in the mobility revolution, if if they are in the auto industry in next one or two decades, then they can always come back to India, uh, you know. But uh, but for now, you know, I think it, it's, diffi- it, it's 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 uh, you know uh, definitely a challenge for their top management, you know, to decide uh, whether they really Want to invest in countries like India, uh, which are relatively very, very low on ROI, and they are hungry for capital, for resources, uh, and are really not self-sustainable in terms of profitability. So, so I think, I think so. I think it, it's basically, you know, obviously, uh, like what you said, you know, that it is a part of larger global trend uh, because auto industry itself is going uh, through uh, a big uh, revolution change.
1: What exactly do you mean by this mobility revolution? What is it? consist
0: of okay so i think if, if i if i you know if i say so uh, for example you know i take an example which is very relevant for india maybe autonomous right or maybe electric right so i think when we talk about autonomous i think india is still way way away from it or maybe i don't know if we really need in in the same uh you know pattern where what is there in the global market and if i really talk about uh, you know electrical let us say world which is moving towards more cleaner and greener fuels um, uh, you know i think still India is around four to five years away from that kind of electric revolution, specifically in cars, you know. So obviously, I think once in the world we see that people are closing, uh, you know, products with ICE engines, uh, you know, they they are moving towards electric or they are moving toward, uh, you know, connected world you know where where the customer sitting uh, in the car is clearly updated about what's happening around him uh, and uh, you know and uh, is clearly uh, you know, uh, on the top of the world. So so I think we are still away from a lot of those things. Uh, I think we are still a traditional car making industry. Uh, and uh, actually, you know, I think the government has that way been pushing hard, uh, you know. But uh, and nevertheless, you know, I think um, uh, the biggies are still not taking that kind of initiative, uh, you know, uh, to push uh, uh, or innovate, uh, you know, in such technologies in India.
1: Right. So, if I may rephrase what you just said uh, uh, in layman's terms, so would it be correct to say that uh, your your what you mean by mobility revolution in terms of global trends is that uh, everyone is moving towards autonomous uh, vehicles and electric vehicles and smart cars, whereas India is not quite there in this scene and it's a few years behind this scene
0: yeah we are just few years behind you know so i think it's not like that india in india these kind of um, uh, you know uh, technologies will not come you know obviously it is come because uh, our esp- our customer is also aspirational you know so our needs are also same as that of global world you know but the only thing is that you know uh, the uh, capital investment you know whatever is required Um, so basically the Indian players or uh, you know the Indian investors may not be having such deep pockets you know primarily seeing the kind of returns what you have in India you know so maybe and and secondly you know obviously it also depends on the customer because as I said in the beginning of my talk you know that still the average price is around 6.5 lakhs which is hardly anything you know if you really want um, to Take uh, these technologies forward and incorporate in your uh, products.
1: Okay, let's uh, let's go with this point that you're making that uh, Indian car market is extremely price conscious and therefore, with an average price of 6.5 lakhs or whatever, manufacturers have very thin margins and you know it may not be a uh, viable business wise. So now that you've invested in this country already and you've got this huge capacity like Ford does, for instance, which is going at 60%. Why can't you use that capacity and uh, use India as a beachhead for exports?
0: I think exports has been a success mantra. Uh, you know, for the global OEMs, you know, for example, uh, if you see Ford itself, you know, they have exported around 150,000 units um, annually. You know, if you see VW, uh, so they have been uh, also using India as an export hub for exporting to big markets like Mexico, and they were also exporting more than 100,000 units. Uh, uh, similarly, if you see Nissan, uh, you know, so they were also, they had also exported, you know, to the extent of, um, uh, uh, you know, something around 150,000 uh, units, right? Uh, so, so I think this has been a success mantra and most of the, uh, you know, uh, OEMs, global OEMs in India has been smartly using this strategy, uh, you know, of uh, uh, giving a competitive product to Indian customers and uh, parallelly, uh, you know, exporting those products from uh, India. Uh, you know, but, but now, you know, I think what, what the challenge lies is, uh, you know, that uh, ultimately, you know, these kind of products may not find a market. Market, you know uh, because ice markets um, are uh, you know clearly uh, cl- uh so ice products are clearly not in demand uh, and obviously there are local
1: what did you mean by ice markets and
0: ice products okay sorry yeah ice is internal combustion engine you know so i mean to say the uh, engines uh, petrol engines or diesel engines uh, you know so they uh, the cars with such in- engines may not be in demand uh, right. Because um, now uh, in those specific markets, they are moving towards electric. Right. And, and secondly, even if there is any, uh, you know, uh, petrol or diesel markets, you know, uh, so then, uh, you know, they may have their own internal uh, manufacturing capacities, you know. So I think um, seeing this, you know, we are seeing all the players like VW, Ford, uh, you know, Nissan, uh, GM. So they have been actually cutting on, uh, you know, their exports from uh, India which is actually societal for a country like uh, India, uh, you know, uh, and primarily for auto industry, which contributes almost 49% to the manufacturing GDP, uh, you know. So so the only thing is that, you know, that um, uh, the players in India, uh, you know, the suppliers in India or the ecosystem in India, uh, you know, they also innovate, uh, you know, they also uh, you know, uh, walk uh, in at, at par uh, with uh, the global peers, and you know, learn and implement technologies in India. You know, so that we can start with the export of electric cars or future technologies from uh, India.
1: So, one of the uh, arguments which I have read in some reports uh, suggests that uh, if India had brought in the vehicle scrappage policy some 20 years ago. 20 years ago rather than doing it now uh, maybe we would not be seeing so much of churn and so many exits maybe the market would have matured a little bit earlier it would have acquired some depth uh, do you agree with this point of view
0: no no i think i, I don't agree you know because uh, because because i don't think so maybe to some extent it may be a right reason but even if you see today uh, you know the car penetration in india is just 32 per thousand you know so which means that there is still huge potential Uh, you know for um, for uh, customers to own cars you know because they are still either don't have a car you know or they are just having a bike right so with such a low car penetration uh, you know which is just 32 per thousand so i don't think that scrappage scheme can be the only driver to growth you know because we have our own uh, customers you know we have our own natural demand which is much much more than the uh, replacement uh, uh, demand
1: but if that is the case, uh, Puneet, uh, uh, what about the used car market? I mean, that, that also doesn't seem to be uh, taking off either.
0: Uh, yeah, so I think if we see used car market today, that's roughly you know one point five times of the new car market. Um, uh, you know, which is reasonably good. But I think uh, going forward, you will see it uh, be uh, something around two point a multiple of two point two. you know. Um, and I think now the time has come for used car market because now, uh, you know, there are a lot of organized players in the market. Uh, for example, you know, carwale or Spinny, you know, or Gadi. .com uh, you know or a lot of um, oems you know uh, getting into it um, uh, you know uh, v- very strongly uh, you know and and i think uh uh, and, and and further you know the digital world uh, is f- further uh, you know adding um, uh, adding uh, you know uh, uh, to uh, the used car uh, uh, it, it's, it will further give a flip uh, uh, you know to the used car market so so i think um, uh, primarily uh, the time for used car has come uh, you know and obviously with the new cars getting more and more expensive uh, i think we will see uh, customers uh, moving into used cars and buying used cars uh, and specifically when, uh, you know, the consumer aspiration is high, right? Today, he doesn't want to drive a mini car. He directly wants to get onto a compact car like Swift or Beleno, uh, you know, and uh, primarily there the role of used cars, you know, will become more important, uh, you know, because once the industry is organized, you know, sitting on the digital, uh, you know, or, or on the website, you know, or through digital mechanism like WhatsApp, uh, you have access to configuration and details of every used car you know and i think this will really propel uh, you know the used car market in india and um now we are also seeing you know uh because of the organized players coming in you know we are seeing uh, uh, you know tricks like financing tricks like insurance tricks like you know so so uh, tricks like the, the confidence in buying a used car so i think those things are coming back uh, you know and consumers are sticking to used car um, much much uh, more you know what it was five or ten years back
1: when you say uh, digital operators and so on, are you referring to fleet operators and players like Uber and Ola, etc.? Uh, no, no,
0: no, no, no. So digital, I mean to say, uh, you know, here players like Carvale uh, or, uh, you know, like Spinny, you know, because they have their own websites, you know, they reach you uh you know through their uh, ai models uh, and you know so and this is how you know the customer knows or olx for example uh, you know because customers see uh, you know the cars uh, and approach them and then they are as professional as uh you know oems uh, uh, which really helps
1: right because because one of the things again uh which people have been talking about is the fact that after COVID, you know, uh, the growth of uh, players like Ola and Uber, who used to be a big source of absorbing new, I mean, absorbing vehicles, it has sort of uh, sort of paused or hit a pause button because people have been working from home, uh, their demand has really come down. So that could be one of the reasons also uh, why the Indian car market hasn't really grown uh, since 2019, has it?
0: yeah i think i think you you are right you know i think absolutely uh, undoubtedly with uh, uh, uber and ola really you know absorbing uh, the kind of market you know because uh, uh, they generally contribute around 7 to 8% of the new car sales uh, or if i include even other fleet players um, and so I think because these are not buying new cars. Uh, so obviously there is a hit on new cars. But nevertheless, you know, uh, um, as an analyst, you know, I am, I am very confident, uh, you know, that shared mobility. Uh, you know, with the kind of population we have uh, and, uh, you know, the kind of missing link uh, in terms of public transportation, I think shared mobility is the way forward, you know. So maybe uh, post-COVID for one or two years, you know, we may not see much growth um, in in these um, In in these, uh, you know, uh, with these players. uh, uh, But but I think unlike global uh, markets, you know, uh, I think India would be one of the markets where shared mobility will come back very fast, uh, you know, because because actually, this is what, you know, what puts on uh, the wheel uh, at a very low cost, you know. So, I think it makes people mobile and uh, with just a little amount. So, I think it will come back. But yes, uh, you know, it, it may take some one or two years, you know, before we really start seeing growth back uh, uh, in, in the shared mobility world.
1: Right. Let's uh, move on from the market side of things to the regulatory uh, side of things. I mean, we, we all heard uh, Toyota complaining sometime back that it is not going to go ahead with its expansion plans in India because of high taxation rates. I mean, are there serious issues in India's taxation approach? I mean, I understand that it is linked to the size of the wheelbase and so on and so forth. In terms of being industry friendly, how does India's taxation regime compare with, say, other markets in uh, Southeast Asia, Asian countries and so on?
0: Uh, so I think uh, there there is no doubt you know that uh, the tax structure in India is is actually impediment to the growth uh, you know so uh, so I think it's very clear that it, it's really unfriendly. Uh, so I think'll uh, I'll say it in two parts you know I'll, I'll divide it into two parts. So one is you know that taxes are relatively high. You know, so if I compare a uh, sedan or an SUV, bigger SUV uh, today, so it re- the tax structure reaches around fifty percent, which is which is very very high. And on the other side, you mean fifty percent, five zero, five zero, yeah. And on the other side, uh, you know uh, what bigger the problem is. You know what adds to the problem is, you know that there is a sub-4 meter policy. You know that uh, if the car is less than um, four meters you know so then uh, you get you get a, a friendly tax structure which is roughly around uh, you know then the car costing comes to uh, the taxes comes to around 28 30 uh, percent uh, you know so primarily now what happens you know because of this uh, sub four meter policy actually the global oems you know they lose uh, the opportunity to bring in their products in india because if they bring their products in india uh, there will be uh, you know there will be more than sub four meter uh, there will be more than four meter and if they are more than four meter then they will come in the 50 percent tax lab broadly i'm talking about and um, you know and, and i and my you know a voice uh, uh, and request to the indian government is is that now it's the time to reinvent rethink and rebuild uh, uh, this policy you know because this is really now uh, you know uh, the really, uh, you know, uh, really a pain for the global OEMs, uh, you know, and actually, you know, hope we don't see such big exits from India. Uh, so I think it's the time to now get away from this sub meter policy and, uh, you know, and maybe that can be a big support from the government, uh, you know. Uh, to the global OEMs because this way, you know, because till the time uh, global OEMs were still thinking of making India-centric products. But now, uh, you know, I don't think so with 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 the industry going through such a big transformation, uh, you know, so these global players will never make a india centric product right so because now they have limited resources uh, you know they have to invest in future technologies uh, so i think now government should go away with this sub four meter policy uh, you know and they should uh, keep a uh, at-par, you know, kind of a taxation uh, for uh, all the vehicles, Uh, you know, maybe electric can be, uh, you know, given some benefit, I don't say that, but yeah but at least there should not be anything on the basis of length, you know because I think even if that happens I think that will be a great support from Indian government to the global OEMs uh, because otherwise you know, we have already seen players like, uh, you know, GM exiting Ford exiting uh, and maybe players like Ford, would not have exited uh, the top 5 big markets of the world because india is obviously you know among the top 5 markets of the world they would not have exited in case they would not uh, they have been able uh, to replicate their uh, you know other petrol or diesel products in India but since they can't do that because you know it, it, it doesn't make sense to introduce uh, uh, products more than 4 meters you know so so basically that rules out you know such products but otherwise uh, uh, I think now
1: I'm quite mystified like what is the logic behind this uh, 4 meter rule I mean, I'm, I'm quite curious
0: so I think you know when it was being made uh, you know 10 years back or 12 years back 13 years back you know basically the fundamental was uh, that we used to promote, uh, you know, India wants to promote small cars because obviously, you know, we have a challenge of infrastructure, we have a challenge of uh, roads, uh, you know but I think now, uh, you know uh, specifically seeing, uh, you know that uh, now the global OEMs are not going to get into this uh, trap of sub 4 meter uh, uh, you know, uh, product, so so they will just exit, you know, because they know that they really can't make something special for India, uh, specifically uh, you know, uh, ICE car uh, so, so, uh, so, and they can't really replicate their global products in India because they are all more than sub four meter. Uh, they are all more than four meter length. So, so they will, they will, they will just find an easy way, uh, you know, to exit from uh, India. You know, so, uh, so I think uh, when it was made, I think yeah, maybe at that time the industry was developing. Uh, uh, you know, the average car price was very, very less. So maybe at that time it made sense. You know that okay, we are a small car market the concept for small is beautiful you know but now the world is changing right uh, the india has changed uh, our our roads have changed uh, you know and the needs have changed so basically and maybe it's the time that we make india a hub uh, you know for export of um, ice cars you know and let at least these global oems like ford gm whatever is the ice car market left in in the world you know let it let them export through india but and and if basically you know india and and so so basically you know i think uh uh the government uh, indian government has to get uh uh, and do a little deep dive you know that uh, okay ford exiting small markets is understandable right but uh, ford exiting uh, a market like India, which is among the top five markets, is something which is really uh, to be debated.
1: Uh, Puneet, we spoke about the taxation uh, regime being a little unfriendly. What about the non-taxation components of the regulatory regime in India? Uh, I don't know about fuel policy and other uh, regulatory aspects. Many automobile majors, one can sense, are quite unhappy with the regulatory regime. Even those aspects of it which don't have to do directly with taxation. What are their main complaints?
0: yeah so i think india has been on two extremes uh, right so one is uh, like if you see from 2000 to 2010 you know so we were having a kind of policy paralysis uh, uh, right so and now you know if we see last four five years specifically i think there has been an overdose of regulations so i think uh, we are working on two extremes you know either uh, no uh, you know upgradation uh, you know which is which is again not good for for a country like india and even uh, you know if you if you are too much obsessed. With the standard or the policies, you know, then also it is not do good because if there is no road map, uh, you know, uh, then I think it is very difficult for players like Ford or any global OEM, uh, you know, to work in India because uh, if you if you if you bring lot of policies, um, uh, you know, if if uh, uh, you know uh, your decision making is in haste, uh, you know, and and
1: like can you give an example of any particular policy that has been a pain point?
0: Yeah, for example, you know, let us say now a BS4, right? So, like BS4 started in 2010, uh, you know, and uh, uh, from 2010 to 2017, uh, right? So, it took seven years for BS4 to spread across the country, right? And then, uh, you know, in India, uh, the BS6, you know, we skipped BS5 clearly, and then BS6 was brought just in a span of two years, you know? So, Uh, BS4 took 8 years you know uh, to spread in India uh, you know so first it was limited to metros and then smaller cities and it took eight years and then it took just two years you know f- to move from bs4 to bs6 which is our emission standard and that to skipping bs5 and that too in a short period of uh, you know three years you know so i think if, if you if, if if there is so much pressure you know on the oems and specifically seeing you know we are a market where profitability is very less i've given you uh, a very thumb rules you know that um, uh, how much profit uh, OEM can be making from India? You know, when you have a taxation of roughly around fifty percent on the cars, uh, right? And when average car, car price is six and a half lakhs, right? So, so I think it is time, you know, for uh, for the government to really build a roadmap. Uh, you know, uh, maybe even it if it is at par to Europe or the developed market, it is fine. But I think what any industry or any corporate needs um, is a clear sightedness, a clear a vision uh, you know so that they can follow and invest in india
1: right uh, it also seems to be the case that american auto companies are struggling more than say korean or japanese ones in india i mean uh, Hyundai, honda honda uh, kia and uh, suzuki they seem to have adapted to a great extent to the kind of market india is whereas american companies uh, seem to be a little bit less flexible is, is this the case
0: Uh, Yeah, I think uh, maybe it's not the case, but yeah, you know, uh, broadly today we can see that, uh, you know, that Koreans and Japanese uh, uh, fundamentally are, uh, you know, uh, keeping their investments in India and Americans are uh, finding an easy way to move out from India, Uh, you know, and I think to some way, I think it is right because, you know, India is a heterogeneous uh, continent, you know, we have a lot of customers with different needs, with uh, different aspirations and uh, All these customers, you know, need uh, car manufacturers to be very agile and, you know, They want car manufacturers to adapt as per, uh, you know, the Indian environment, you know, for example, even if they are giving a car, you know, so it should be sub four meters so that the customer gets it at an attractive price, you know. And and generally, you know, when you come to American companies, uh, you know, I think what we have seen is um, that though they are agile, you know, but in terms of decision making, uh, you know they are relatively slow when it comes to India uh, you know because the decision making for India is happening uh, in in, uh, in, uh, in US right um, so I think uh, uh, it takes time you know for the Indian management to convince the global management and take approvals and by the time you know they take approval it take two to three years uh, uh, you know or convince their global uh, management you know it take two to three years and by that time uh, you know the market has really moved on so i think uh, whereas if you see japanese for example like maruti suzuki uh, you know i think there you know the decision making a large part of decision making lies in india you know which really helps maruti suzuki to be really agile uh, you know and really quick on decision making similarly if you see uh, you know, players like Tata's or Mahindra's, though they are Indian, you know, but but why they are more, uh, you know, uh, more um, uh, India, uh, uh, India specific because they are able to churn out, uh, uh, you know, uh, products, uh, uh, which is as per uh, the requirement of Indian customer, uh, you know, and I think American hares, uh you know, uh, have been losing out. And uh, uh, th- that's the reason, you know, they have been struggling.
1: Right. Now, Ford's exit is uh, reported to have a big impact on the ancillary sector with a great many MSMEs and, according to some estimates, about 40,000 jobs are being affected. Uh, Could you throw some light on the state of India's auto-ancillary MSEs today and how they are coping with the dip in sectoral growth since 2019?
0: Yeah, I think it's it's really disheartening. You know, I'm sure it must be disheartening for, uh, you know, MSMEs, you know, that uh, a player like Ford, uh, you know, ceases to exist uh, in India, uh, you know, or ceases its operation in India. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, players like Ford or the global OEMs, uh, uh, you know, they bring a lot of technology, you know, they bring a lot of education, uh, you know, they bring a lot of learnings, uh, uh, you know, uh, for these MSCs for, and for their. Uh, you know, employees uh, or for or uh, you know for the people uh, you know who are directly or indirectly working with these suppliers uh, you know because so i think this is this is a great part you know and moreover if you see players like ford you know they have been exporting a lot of parts uh, and cars from india you know so somewhere this also infuses confidence in msmes that they can also make in india and export to the world so now if you don't have players like ford in india Uh, you know, then then obviously these MSMEs are going to lose this opportunity, uh, you know, not only in terms of, uh, you know, financially that they will not be exporting and, uh, you know, their margins will be hit, uh, but parallelly because their learnings, uh, you know, will not be to the extent, uh, uh, you know, and they will be, uh, you know, uh, uh, sticking with uh, the old technologies because because I think players like these are very important, you know, like GM or Ford or, you know, maybe other global players which are in India like VW or Nissan because they really help our suppliers, our MSMEs to grow, uh, you know, and uh, adapt new technologies you know because and and if these players are not there then i'm sure uh, you know uh, india is missing something the suppliers is missing something and that is why i said you know that it's time for all of us uh, uh, you know for the government for the oems you know for the suppliers uh, uh, to really introspect and maybe you know i will say that these days uh, uh, the uh, government is quite the central government is quite open to ideas uh, you know so maybe it is time uh, uh, time for us to introspect and give our suggestions um, you know to the central government that what should be tweaked uh, you know so that um, we don't uh, see uh, exit of such big players from india because at the end of the day it's a loss for everybody uh, 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 you know who is there in the ecosystem
1: right uh, let us hope uh, then that The decision by Ford to stop manufacturing serves as a wake-up call uh, for us here, for the government especially, and uh, we hope uh, that there is somebody who can press the reset button on the regulatory regime and the taxation aspects and all these various dimensions so that you, uh, as you rightly pointed out, we come up with a coherent uh, roadmap that would infuse uh, confidence into all those who are invested, all the stakeholders in the Indian automobile sector. Thank you so much, Puneet pleasure talking to
0: you. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Sampath. It was really great uh, talking to you. And thank you very much uh, for listening to this podcast. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime,
1: you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.